We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us today. We're going to talk about those six key parts that come into retirement planning. There's a lot of moving parts when you retire. It's different than your working years, those accumulation years. Then you get to the distribution phase, a lot of moving parts. Brian and Brad Geddes will be chatting about that today. Uh, you, if you have any questions from anything that Brian or Brad talk about today, and you're like, man, I'd I don't think I have any of that, or I have some of that, but I don't have all of that. I would like to have all six key parts of retirement plan. Call the team. They're here to help walk you through where you are on that road to retirement. It's 833-707-3030. There is no cost. There's no obligation. There's no pressure. Uh, The team at Decker Retirement is here to help. They don't know if they can help you, though, until you reach out. Uh, I think it's one of the great opportunities for you to find out where you are. Get some clarity. And yes, I can retire. No, I should wait a little bit longer. No, I need to shore up over here. Hey, you're great over here. We need to shore up over there. Don't know. Why wouldn't you talk with a team like Decker Retirement that's all about you? How can they help? 833-707-3030 is the number. 833-707-3030. And, of course, you can always find out more about Brian, Brad, and the team. Decker Retirement Planning. Dot com Decker Retirement Planning dot com. All right, Brian, Brad, welcome. Uh, good luck. You're going to go into six key parts of a retirement plan. Yes, we have a lot of content for today's listeners, uh, Mark. The six key parts, I'll just name them right at the top, and then Brad's going to go through them. Number one is to have a retirement plan. We'll tell you what a plan is and isn't. Number two, we're going to talk about tax minimization strategies to keep your taxes at a minimum. Uh, Number three is going to be risk reduction. We'll talk about that in detail. Number four is portfolio optimization, making sure each part of your portfolio is optimized. Number five is income, net of tax, monthly income optimization. We'll talk about that in detail. And number six is fee minimization. We'll talk about fees in detail, what to look out for and what to keep an eye on. Brad, first, let's talk about what a plan isn't. Now, tell me, uh, in in retirement planning, and I'm going to reek with sarcasm here, surely a pie chart that shows the different parts to your portfolio is your retirement plan, correct? Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, you know, the most, vast majority of people that come through my office to start talking about what they want out of retirement, they're they're thinking about, you know, for for example, what percentage of their assets either already is or ought to be into, say, stocks and the other portion by default going into bonds. And, and when I start to dig a little deeper about why are they invested the way that they are, you know, until they've been educated otherwise, it's so common for advisors to continue using uh, an accumulation style mentality when someone's in retirement, when the goal really should be focused more around how you use your assets, not just what you're invested in or what your overall risk tolerance is. And that's where I think, you know, you got to move away from just owning assets for some statistical probable probability based outcome um, to actually having a plan. And so you'll see that 
throughout all of our documents and our culture as a firm that every one of our clients understands why they are invested the way that they are, not just what they're holding. So you really got to move away from a portfolio into more of a plan, which to me, I think the answer is just the answer to the question of, of why am I invested the way that we are? It shows them how to use their assets. So, so Brad, a pie that. chart is uh, an asset allocation uh, plan showing how your accounts are invested and it tells you nothing about how uh, how to optimize your income per month. It says nothing about how to minimize your taxes. And yet uh, the number one fear of people over 60 in the United States is running out of money before they die. Because looking at a pie chart, no matter how smart you are, you cannot look at that and see how much income you can draw for the rest of your life. So Brad, I know we have radio, we don't have TV, so you've got to be a good description describer of information on what a distribution plan looks like. So Brad, do your best to paint that picture for our radio listeners. Yeah. When you're, I think to me that the plan comes down to a method for how your investment strategy is built. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not just a reflection of like, I'll say this multiple times, but it's not just a reflection of your risk tolerance. That's a portfolio. So a plan should always start with key questions like where money is going to come from at different stages of your retirement. It should be able to incorporate income streams from multiple sources, and it should flex up and down uh, how much you're drawing from your financial assets. So for me, plan always hinges on where income is going to come from. That, that to me is my always my starting point, is identifying for folks at different stages of their financial life where the money is going to come from. So however it's laid out, it should be very crystal clear that in year one, year two, 12, you're 36, uh, you should be able to look at your set of financial assets and match up any withdrawals that you'll be doing at a particular stage of your life with other income sources. And for us, it's a big fancy spreadsheet Been using it for goodness, probably, I think that the original iteration of that, Brian, how long has that been around? More than 17 years now, something like that. More than 20 years now. More than 20 years. Yeah. So that, that spreadsheet has always been a useful way for us to lay it out because it shows in the vertical axis what year we're in. It helps guide annual reviews and such and adjustments we want to make. And then you have individual columns at our firm that are focused on income streams, common ones being social security for an individual or as a uh, as married couple for two, two social security sources or spouses or partners. Um, and very common for people to have other sources of income. Sometimes it's earned income for a while or uh, business royalties, you have rental properties, just an array of different income sources. And then right in the dead center of our plan shows that as a result of those income streams, how much we would recommend that they distribute to themselves um, from their financial assets. So it's a so, really clean way of analyzing your assets. So Brad, on this plan, it goes two ways. One, um, it shows you all your sources of income. So like you said, rental income it could be social security, pension, uh, their portfolio income, but then we total it up minus taxes. And then it allows you to see net of tax, what your annual and monthly income is. How important is that for income planning each year? I mean, instead of looking at a pie chart and guessing, you can know in the future um, how much income is coming in. And Brad, second question is, what percentage of people that come in with the pie chart where they're guessing are happily, positively surprised that they can draw much more income than what they thought. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a, we've always been one of the more interesting 
uh, things about this role for me over the last several years. I've gotten deeper and deeper into my career uh, with financial planning. And um, it always amazes me how when I first started, I thought the primary job of an income plan was to make sure that someone um, didn't overspend. I always thought that we'd be helping with, with income planning to make sure that you know, they, they, they were careful so they could never meet, meet their budget and budget X amount for trips and things. But out here in the Bay Area, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, very expensive place to live. Uh, by and large, my clients usually are happy to see that they could spend quite a bit more. So a lot of my conversations are around showing people a roadmap for how to actually get more out of their assets than they originally thought, but to do so in a way that doesn't hurt them in their 80s and 90s when uh, we all know life can happen. Um, so I've always liked that it, it instead of giving them a budget that they needed to match, it, it's always felt like in probably 80 or 90% of my conversations that um, they now can spend more. They have a longer leash to do more than they thought. And, and uh, if they hadn't come through our office and built out this plan, you know, they could have lived through their healthiest travel years in their 60s and 70s and not done the things that they always thought might be out of reach. Um, and so it's been kind of fun showing people that, that way of managing their assets. And Brad, also as part of the plan, the right side of the plan is their portfolio. So you can see where the income is coming from. Uh, a key part to the planning process that we do is making sure you're drawing income from laddered principal guaranteed accounts. Brad, what happens mathematically if you drawing income from fluctuating accounts versus drawing income uh, from principal guaranteed accounts and last year was a great illustration yeah it's um it's a risk that every retiree should go and educate themselves on it's, it's one that you don't need to think about during your accumulation years um, and now I've, I've found a lot more people are uh, they understand what it is but it's, it's called sequence of returns risk and, and this is the idea that for the first time ever in your life uh, when you're retired you're starting to use your portfolio as a source of income alongside other sources of income. And that has an impact on your overall rate of return and the timing of when those withdrawals happen and how that correlates or meshes with the market environment becomes extremely important for the long-term success of someone's financial assets. So you go into retirement thinking you could sustain, a, you know, say the classic 4% withdrawal rate or other methods of building out income streams. But if you know, you, you analyze someone's potential withdrawal rate in, say, June of 2007 versus March of 2009, you have vastly different retirement outcomes, yet both using the same math and hypothetically the same portfolio. So uh, you just really got to be careful about where money comes from at different stages of your life. Uh, and that's where that uh, protecting against loss uh, is very very much a, an easy recommendation to folks when now, we know that we can't predict markets. We're, we're spending a lot of time on this plan, Brad. We got more to cover, but also it's important to know how much uh, taxable and tax-free income you've got in your portfolio, where to place that. We'll talk about that next. And we'll, and qualified and non-qualified funds. All of that is very important. The, the, rather than spend the entire radio show, which we easily could, on the plan itself, want viewers to picture that spreadsheet when bonds lose 20% like they did last year, our clients lost nothing, zero. And when, when the markets go down on the risk side, we'll talk about risk reduction in a second, um, our clients lost a tiny fraction of what the markets did last year. Um, 
So we'll talk about that again. Anything else, Brad, before we move on to tax minimization strategies, anything else on the planning? It's, oh, one more thing. I just forgot. If someone um, in the plan, we include COLAs, cost of living adjustments for inflation. We plan to age 100, not because we think everyone's going to live that long, but we want to make sure that their plan, uh, the money outlives them. And we also have, because we're a math-based firm, anyone who thinks within five years of retirement, they want to take a look and do the planning, we can find out if they can retire. And most of the time, Brad, they can. But for the people who can't retire, we use math also to show how many years they need to work um, before they can retire into the income that they want. All right, let's go into tax minimization strategies, Brad, and you are best in the firm and in knowing all these different strategies for our clients, tax minimization. There's 32 trillion reasons why our taxes probably will be going higher in the future. So Mark, I know we're out of time for this segment, but I've got numbers on what Brad's saying, the importance of the Roth conversion counted out numerically, quantitatively. So we'll hit that in, uh, in the next segment. Yeah, I look forward to that. No question about it. We're talking about the six key parts to really, number one is the importance of actually having a plan in the first place. Talking about tax optimization, tax minimization at this point in the show. So Brian will get to those numbers when we come back. But again, if you have any questions, you want to chat with the team at Decker Retirement about where you are on that road to retirement. And certainly you're like, oh, I don't have the plan. I don't have a plan. I, I think I'm okay. I hope I'm okay. Why not call the team? They're here to help. There's no cost to you. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Brian and Brad back with more of Safer Retirement Radio right after this. If you only think about taxes once a year, you're doing it wrong. To get the most out of your retirement nest egg, you shouldn't just file your taxes. You need to plan for them. Call Brian now to see what tax opportunities you could take advantage of. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. Decker Retirement Planning has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Brian Decker and the team at Decker Retirement Planning can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call Brian Decker today at 833-707-3030 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Brian and the team at Decker Retirement Planning now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today at 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Investing involves risk. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. 
Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. You can find out more about Brian, Brad, and the team at DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can always give them a call with questions, 833-707-3030. No cost for this chat, no pressure, no obligation. The team's here to help if they can. They don't know if they can help you until you reach out. 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us today. Uh, Brian, you, you left us at the end of the last segment. with you got some numbers to kind of parlay a little bit what Brad was talking about as far as the Roth world of, of trying to minimize taxes. Yeah, I'm going to toss it back to Brad with the Roth uh, after I go through some of these numbers. So imagine a 60-year-old, male or female, million-dollar IRA growing at 6% a year. In this case, at 72, dutifully, they pay their required minimum distributions, and then we killed him off, him or her off at age 90. In their lifetime, they paid $676,732 in taxes. But wait, there's more because of the SECURE Act. They, the heirs paid another 718496000 for a grand total of just shy of $1.4 million in taxes on a 30-year, 6% per year growth. And here's the tragedy, radio listeners, $1.2 million net of tax was passed to their heirs after 30 years of 6% growth. If you understand those numbers, you'll understand why the IRA, we say, is the worst tax vehicle on the planet. Uh, the reason why the IRS, Congress, Washington loves the IRA and all the laws that surround it. Now, look in contrast to what happens when we aggressively do a Roth conversion where we start same person, million dollar IRA, age 60. And what we do this time is at age uh, 60, 61, 62, we convert and proactively pay taxes on 225,000 each year for three years and then 50,000 a year until age 71. And then at age 72, there's no more IRA left. It's all been converted to Roth. And then, uh, so there's no required minimum distributions. We killed them off at age 72. Instead of 1.4 million in taxes, total taxes paid is 1.1 million less, 319,474.93. And instead of 1.2 million net of tax transferring to heirs with the Roth conversion, 4.1 million transfers to heirs and Brad, that's uh, just those numbers just astound me. I know you know them like the back of your hand, but there's a way to do it, Brad. Go into detail of the right way and the wrong way to do Roth conversions because we don't want to convert all the money in a client's portfolio to Roth. So how how do you do it? Yeah, a couple of things that I focus on here. Um, the first one is, and probably most importantly, you need to find what I'll call it a, a jokingly will say what an acceptable tax bracket will be. Um, once you have a good idea, because that, that sometimes is higher than where you're currently at, some, and if it's going to be lower, that's also instructive. But uh, you want to find out, get to the bottom of what your your acceptable tax bracket is: 22 percent, 24, 32, whatever it is. Um, I'd say roughly, you know, most people pretty much between 22 and 24 percent. That's kind of the, the majority of people that I, I'm talking to. But certainly cases where you have higher tax brackets than that, uh, tons of opportunity on this front. Um, 
So once you know that acceptable tax bracket, you want to look at your headroom. Headroom is the amount of dollars between your last dollar in under your normal income sources and how much room you have until you pop out of the top of that acceptable bracket. Uh, that headroom becomes the amount that you can productively convert now at current tax rates um, without having an adverse effect on, on by, like you said, converting too much or doing all of it at once. And then you just start to plot away and you do it over four, five, six, seven years um, until you build up that tax-free Roth IRA. Um, and then you're in really good shape. The other thing I tell people to pay attention to is, you know, you, you, you don't need to convert every penny. I mean, it's just, I'll give it to some folks and maybe taxes are the same 10 years from now. Maybe they go lower. We really don't know definitively. I mean, I'd be willing to bet against that, but that said, um, you don't have to convert all of it. And what I typically tell my clients is I don't mind drawing funds that they're going to spend from an IRA. Like it's, you, you wouldn't want to convert to a Roth and then spend it the next year. Um, so if someone is going to be spending any money that they need to draw from their portfolio, I don't mind that coming from an IRA. What you want to avoid is uh, RMDs that are increasing quite a bit when you get to your early 80s. And so you're trying to get in front of that exponentially increasing required minimum distribution that's going to start to hit people as they start to get in their 80s. And then also you want to anticipate certain life events that can automatically cause you to be in a higher tax bracket, like, for example, a passing of a spouse. A lot of people don't realize it, but their tax bracket's going to jump dramatically uh, when they're no longer able to file as a, a married couple. So a lot of reasons there, but I'd say roughly focus on that acceptable tax bracket and calculate your headroom. And when you say headroom, I, I know what you mean, but let's let's make it clear. You have, you, I, at the firm here, we're math-based, and what we do is we find out how much you can convert from IRA to Roth without raising your tax bracket. That's what you mean by headroom. And then also, Brad, like you said, the ideal money for uh, Roth is not money you're going to draw on in the near term or the money that's earning a lower rate of return. It's the higher earning accounts that are going to be 15, 20 plus years in growth, right? That's what you're targeting for IRA to Roth conversion, correct? Okay. Now, Brad, there's so many other strategies. We can't uh, really take uh, as much time we did on the Roth, but what do you do, Brad, if there's a spike in income in a year and you and someone's charitably inclined um talk to me about uh how you would offset that one year in income yeah that's where you want to focus pretty carefully on on things like uh, ways to neutralize some of your taxable income uh there's a lot of different charitable structures that you can pursue that uh, help to, to bring down the number of dollars that you'd be paying um in taxes if you did nothing uh, to get a, a larger uh, itemized tax return uh, through typically it's going to be some form of a, a, a charitable donation of some sort. Uh, so there's a couple different account account types that you can use uh, to help neutralize some of that, that one-time uh, spike in income. And speaking of charities, Brad, if you're over 72, there's a way to s uh, send pre-tax money over uh, for charitable giving instead of taxable or after-tax income, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, very true. And what if you've got large capital gains? Let's say you were smart enough to buy Amazon and Google and Microsoft and Facebook and Netflix and uh, all those wonderful stocks that have gone up seven, eight, eight hundred plus percent, um, and they and you don't want to pay capital gains. Or let's say you you uh, you're close to retirement, you own an office building, it's gone up ten x. 
um, and you don't want to pay capital gains on that either. What are some options to offset or zero out capital gains? Yeah, the first thing you got to focus on is this is, is this something that you need or want access to in your lifetime? Uh, if, if, it's, if it's not for you, one way to eliminate capital gains is to pass it on to children or grandchildren because at least at the moment, um, they get a step up in that basis. And uh, most people are familiar with that. But um, you know, in a lot of cases, this is a substantial portion of someone's long-term retirement and they feel uh, golden handcuffs. Uh, they, they feel like they can't touch it. They can't touch these appreciated assets because of capital gains. And in those cases, um, there are specific trust structures that have um, the ability to uh, retain the full value of those assets, uh, but then enable you to uh, sell the assets and reconfigure them without incurring capital gains. And uh, so there's several of them, I think probably about four or five that I, I think can be used successfully in this case where you can um, skip capital gains altogether and still retain control over how the account is invested. And um, in a lot of cases, depending on the trust type, uh, you actually can receive income from it. Um, so they, they work really well for um, anything from estate planning goals or getting assets to kids, but reducing some of that concentrated risk to trying to simplify or streamline someone's retirement if, say, they're a property manager and they don't want to be in that business all the way through their 90s. Um, and of course, there's the benefit of being able to use certain trust types to avoid capital gains altogether. And Brad, real quickly, if uh, if there's an age difference of, I don't know, 10, 10 plus years between spouses and they have a 401k, do you have a strategy to take advantage of that? Yeah, I mean, there it, it kind of comes back to that Roth IRA. Uh, if you have more time to do Roth conversions, so if someone's 73 and have a spouse that's 60 years old, well, it would be much better for the 60-year-old to have the IRA or majority of the IRA than it would be for the 73-year-old. You have more time to get that into a Roth. Um, and so there are uh, legal ways that as a married couple, very unique to a married couple, that um, you can legally get uh, at least half of the, uh, or about half of any tax deferred account into the hands of a, a spouse. Um, and so there can be a longer time to, to get more of those assets converted to a Roth. So there's a lot of moving parts, obviously. And this is why Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement would love to talk with you because everybody's situation is unique. Everybody's situation is unique to them. And so Brian and Brad and the team are going to talk to you. What do you need? How can we help you? Uh, your neighbor, your relatives might be totally different plan, but it does start with a plan. And then certainly taxes are a huge part of this. 833-707-3030 is the number to chat with the team at Decker Retirement. Again, no cost for this at all. 833-707-3030. And if you're kind of coming up on retirement or getting closer to that RMD age of 73, what it is right now, boy, there's a lot of, there's tax things that we could look at, certainly. So if you're 60, what a great time to look into the Roth world and all of that. 833-707-3030 to chat with the team at Decker Retirement Planning. Back with more with Brian and Brad, this is Safer Retirement Radio. As the weather warms, the open roads begin to beckon. If you've been getting the itch to travel, call Brian at 833-707-2020 to make sure you have enough saved to keep the winds of adventure blowing in retirement. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. Do you still owe taxes on that money? 
Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. You can always go to the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Offices in Washington, California, and Utah, uh, all over the place. But Brian, in the Utah area, Brad's actually in San Francisco. Uh, So glad Brad is joining us today. DeckerRetirementPlanning.com to learn more about Brad, Brian, and the team, uh, and maybe how they can help you. That's kind of the idea, having an actual plan, and that's what we're talking about today. Having an actual retirement plan, uh, you need to optimize your income after tax. Uh, There's risk reduction. There's obviously reducing taxes, uh, portfolio optimization. There's fee minimization. We're going to get to all of those as well today on the program. But right now, Brian, you and Brad are still talking about tax minimization. you got a couple other key areas you wanted to touch on before we move into that risk world. Yes. Um, and Brad, for the sake of time, I'll just tell you that you are an expert and we are, as a, as a company, experts in minimizing taxes on estates. Let's say you live in a state like the state of Washington, where there's a state estate tax of 20% um, for all estates over $2 million. There's some things that need to be done in your trust. Uh, there's some uh, also ways to zero out your estimated estate tax, uh, but that has to be done right. There's strategies that if you say you've got a 401k, Brad, and and you've got uh, company stock in there with a lot of gain, there's strategies that Brad knows and the company uses to considerably lower the taxes, that tax situation. Brad, do you want to say anything more on tax strategy? Um, I would just say one one overarching theme. It's if you can get really bogged down in the details of um, various types of tax structures and you know strategies, and it sounds all exciting. I think the most important thing to know is that um, when it comes to your taxes, uh, it's it's one of the few areas of financial advisory that you can have uh, a known outcome with a decision that you make, and you know the time frame. It's quite the opposite of traditional portfolio management. We'll get into the nuances of portfolio optimization in a little bit, but you know, it's a lot of that's based on history and you know, expectations for the future. But the neat thing that I've always found about taxes is that you have a lot more control over the results that you get. And it's, a, it's much more knowable, uh, the outcomes of any tax strategy that you're going to implement. All right. Okay, Brad, let's switch over to uh, risk reduction. So risk reduction is a part of a, a final retirement plan. Most people come into our offices with 60, 70 plus percent of their portfolio at risk. And we quantitatively change that. We strategically lower their risk and we eliminate interest rate risk. Can you speak to all three? Yeah, I think um, to me, when, I, when I'm talking to a client, it's, uh, you know, a lot of times they're expecting a classic retirement advisor to want to lower their risk. And uh, in a lot of cases, I'll, you know, frankly, we do. We do reduce their risk. But I actually think of it more as a risk evaluation. 
So as I was saying early on, when you have a plan, you have, you have a really, as opposed to a portfolio, you have a really crystal clear reason as to why something is invested the way it is. And it's tied to how you're going to use that asset in a certain time frame. And uh, it's very different from just me sort of crudely saying, like, how much are you willing to lose in the next downturn in order to achieve a rate of return that we deem, that we deem acceptable? And that is more of a you know, risk conversation. So evaluating how, where someone takes risk in their plan and what vehicles they use to incorporate that risk in the strategies is super important for a retirement plan. Um, you know, and you talked about interest rate risk. That caught a lot of financial advisors and their clients off guard last year. First time in 40 years that we saw a substantial increase in interest rates. And uh, that blew up a lot of portfolios that were supposed to be objectively safe and protected. Um, but they were not, in fact, invested in such a way that was safe and protected. So being super clear around where you take risk and where you don't. Um, so I usually think in terms of market cycles. Uh, so if someone is within seven years from retiring, we need to make sure that they have a source of income that they're going to be able to rely on. So their retirement date isn't affected by an untimely market downturn. Um, I think as you get further out, we've been really deliberate around mapping out your income sources for the next 10, 15, maybe even 20 years out, well, you're left with an amount that you don't need in that time frame, And that's where you can have risk. Uh, when you get to that piece of your plan that is truly meant for your late 70s, 80s, well, have at it. <laughs> There's a lot of different ways you can incorporate risk into a portfolio when you know that you have a 20-year investment horizon. But until you've done the work to evaluate what you need as a source of income across the previous decades, you know, it's 5, 10, 15 years out, uh, you really don't want to be um, messing around with what market dynamics might do uh, and potentially, you know, of course, fears of going back to work or something in the future. So being really cautious around where you take risk, not being afraid of it because it is incorporated into a plan, but just being really conscious around where you take risk and where you avoid it. Good, good. Okay. And for the sake of time, Brad, we're going to hustle through and see if we can finish all these. The next one is portfolio optimization. So if we're a math-based firm and we are fiduciaries to our clients, we could never say something like, oh, well, let's just use these five mutual funds. I'm sure they're better out there, but these will do. Our clients would not like that. So what what's the approach that we do as far as portfolio optimization? Yeah, I like um, optimizing a portfolio is, is always kind of a fun last step because it's, it's where you take a look at the results of when we bridge the client's stated goals, objectives, risk tolerance, risk aversions, uh, income need, taxes, uh, what we're left with is a framework. And that framework is what we need to start to populate because the framework is the result of the planning process. And at that point, we need to make sure that each allocation into that framework is going to do the best job that it can. So if someone has money that they need invested for the next you know, one month to say maybe three years out, well, we need to know where to go for the best rates of return for something that is quite liquid, or at least liquid in a relatively near term, and but also getting the you know, the best possible yield for that, um, paying attention to their overall risk tolerance. You start to get more towards the medium to even medium long term. Well, once again, we want to be really conscious around, can we take risk there or should this be more of a protected mode? Um, and where can we go for the best rates of return? And I think also this is where the tax planning can play a role too. And lastly, once you get to the piece that you again don't need for the long run, well, here we have probably the most amount of options available 
to our clients. So just once you break things into its pieces, into their silos of how and when you're going to use them, well, then you can start to compare that sleeve of your capital to uh, the universe of options that fit within that sleeve. Uh, and uh, it's really always fun to walk clients through what the different options are in that category. That's good. So to be clear, we eliminate interest rate risk because we don't use bond funds. We quantitatively lower their risk because we don't recommend people have 60, 70% typically of their portfolio at risk. And then strategically, we reduce risk by using models that conform to the risk that they want to take. Uh, so there's no surprises like you mentioned, Brad. Um Okay, now we're down to income optimization. Brad, how do we do that as a company so that clients are receiving the highest net of tax monthly income? Yeah, income optimization is is the primary driver of our plans. And I deal with a wide array of income needs. In many cases, people say, how much can I spend? I'll figure out a way to spend it. And they really do want income optimization to them is maximizing every penny. And they want to make sure that you know that that last check that they write is going to bounce, and if I can help them do that, I will have done my job as a fiduciary. And uh, other clients, they care more about maintaining a certain style of of living, a certain level of income that covers what they need, but you know they don't need more than that. And so, when you're optimizing your income, what I see it as it's 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 our approach. It's kind of our it's our way as a firm to generate that framework of how we need to invest in order to get to that level of income that they want. And again, in most cases, people want to maximize their income, but the result of an, in, of an optimized income stream across a number of different sources, including a deliberate set of withdrawals from a given portfolio, well, now we can very easily populate that framework that will give them that income that they stay they say that they need in a certain time frame. So. Optimizing an income, I think, is really one of the, my favorite ways of getting to a portfolio strategy because it just replaces a qualitative assessment of someone's risk preferences and puts it down to some hard math-based numbers um, that we can then drive tactical recommendations for how they should invest to achieve that. All right. Income optimization, Brad. Uh, a lot of people have options um, when we are very, very conservative in our uh, portfolio returns, a lot of times people, um, they exceed their returns. How many of your clients take the extra income when it's available versus pushing them out? None. I very much encourage them to, to kind of, yeah, it's a very common question. Um, and usually during the planning phase, um, almost none of them when we have a year where there's outperformance on the plan I can't even think of a conversation I've had where they said, oh, can you just send me all of that extra because I'm going to spend it. Uh, it's just, it's uncommon. Uh, and so most of the time what we're doing is uh, keeping the plan consistent, um, but making note of where there's outperformance so that as that outperformance accumulates, eventually we would actually recast the entire plan to distribute that income for the future. But I tend to prefer to not use performance, portfolio performance as a way to justify increased spending. Um, what I actually prefer to do is show someone a maximum income plan. And, and again, in a lot of cases, my clients are underspenders. They don't spend everything that's available to them for one reason or another. Um, I like to take that unspent income and start to build up more of a slush fund or you know another, another little handy lever for us to pull at different stages of someone's life. Um, 
but you start with that max income plan and um, and kind of stick to it and expect that there is going to be some outperformance in years, but you don't necessarily start distributing that to you yourself right away. It'd be probably a little too soon. Do you do it differently or how do you, how do you do that with your, with your clients? No, I, I do that. Well, most of my clients, Brad, are spenders. <laughs> they want yeah. to spend the extra money when it comes in. So I would it. say I'm just the opposite. My, my clients want to take that extra income and do yeah. the family reunions and do the extra trip or travel that they've always wanted. So that's funny. Yeah, everywhere is a little different. So we've got one more segment to get to. We've got the sixth key part to retirement planning. And really, it starts, obviously, number one, having a plan. Uh, then Brad and Brian were talking about optimizing income after tax, risk reduction, reducing taxes. How do, how do the Roth world fit into all of this? Um, and then portfolio optimization. So it all comes back to, really, how much income do you need how much can we create? How much is protected? How much is maybe money because it's sitting in the market? And there's nothing wrong with having money in the market. You just don't want 100% of your money in the market to you know, meet your monthly needs. There's got to be a plan in there. And that's what Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement are certainly here to help you figure out where are you? How much do you need? Uh, and how much can we create? 833-707-3030 is the number again. No cost for this. 833-707-3030. Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help. They just don't know if they can help you, though, until you reach out. The key to me is whether you become a client or not of Decker Retirement Planning is not really the biggest thing. It could be a great thing for you, but really, you you talk with the team, you're going to get some clarity into where you are. Hey, you've won the game. Hey, you need to work a little bit more. We need to tweak here, tweak there. Don't know. Give us a call, 833-707-3030. We're going to come back, wrap up the six key parts of that retirement planning, and it really comes down to fee minimization. That's next with Brian and Brad. This is Safer Retirement Radio. We all want the freedom to do the things that make us happy, especially in retirement. To get help with laying the foundation for that freedom, call 833-707-2020 to have a chat with Brian. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. Do you still owe taxes on that money? Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Also, Brad Geddes is here as well. Brian has been in the business since 1986. Brad has not been in the business since 1986. Brad, you've been doing this a long time. When did you get into this financial world and you've been with Decker Retirement for how long? Oh man, I've been talking to Brian a long time about this job. Um, officially opened our doors in San Francisco five years ago though. Yeah, yeah. So if you'd like to learn more about Brian, Brad, and the team, it's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. 
com. You have questions. Hey, how much income do I need? Uh, and how do I make it happen? I don't even know. That's a key part of retirement planning. It's about income. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. We're talking about the keys, six key parts to a retirement plan. Obviously, number one is have a plan. Two, optimize income after tax. Three, risk reduction. One of the biggest challenges is how much risk should we have? And everybody's kind of in a different place. Uh, reduce taxes. I'll like the idea of that. Portfolio optimization. How do we take it advantage of some key things that Brian and Brad have already talked about. And then it comes down to fee minimization. Why, Brian, does fee minimization hit this topic? We're going to spend a lot of time on fees here. Um, there's a data point that can be looked up. The average retiree 60 and over pays 1% in fees. Brad, in contrast, what is what do our clients pay in fees on their, uh, on their entire portfolio on average with us? Yeah, I think we we run that math before, and um, I, I think it's somewhere around 0.3%. If you wanted to do an apples to apples comparison of the national average rate that people pay on their portfolios to be managed by you know professional, um, yeah, 0.96 was the official number that I read a couple of years back. I don't know if that still stands, but um, yeah, yeah, apples to apples number for that type of portfolio that we take on is usually around 0.3%. Okay, Brad, now you're a CFP. And so in talking about fees, fees is a, a real lag in performance, right? What's the effect of fees over 20 years of 1%? I mean, it's not just 20%, right? I mean, it, it brings the portfolio returns down quite a bit, right? That drag? Yeah, we've all seen this. I mean, it's that that there's a reason ETFs are eating mutual funds lunch right now. It's because you see those really compelling graphs of the, the compounding effect of not paying attention to your fees. Uh, it, it, it just drags down the overall performance of a portfolio when look at a, looking at a, a comparably invested uh, portfolio strategy that has lower costs. And this is another one similar to the taxes that I was saying early on. This is just a decision that you have to make and you have direct control over the fees that you pay. And by doing your research, you should always be conscientious of what it's going to cost because that dollar for dollar is going to be funds that leave your account that are not available to compound. Uh, now, I'll be the first to say uh, plenty of advisors, they're worth the 1%. You know, they do a good job. They're, you know, they're paying attention, but at the same time, being, uh, you should understand how much of an impact that can be for your on your long-term performance um, when you pay extra fees that just don't need to be paid. And Brad, let's do a community service here and warn people of some of the high fee products that are out there. Like, uh, I don't know, my my pet peeve is um, got to be the variable annuity. We we recommend that people stay away from variable annuities because. Um, right up front, typically there's seven or eight percent up front in in fees to the broker or advisor, and then he gets paid or she gets paid every year you own it. The insurance companies get paid every year you own it, and the mutual fund companies in the sub accounts get they they get paid every year you own it. Three layers of fees that usually add up to six, seven plus percent per year, and there's no downside protection um, in these funds. And so we we just I just don't like these funds and want to speak out and warn people against variable annuities. Brad, are there any other high commission products that you want to warn people about? 
Yeah, I mean, I mentioned the mutual fund. Um, I always tell my clients that one of the outcomes of our financial planning process is, is going to be one of three things for everything that they hold. We need to confirm if there's any piece of their plan that they currently have that fits. You know, very common for people to come through my office and they'll have portions of their investable assets that are allocated in such a way where we can slot them right into their plan. Um, the next type of investments we're going to see in their portfolio is is what is missing as a result of sitting in my office for the first time, working with maybe a CFP for the first time, or perhaps someone that's specialized in retirement planning for the first time, there might be pieces that are missing of their plan. We got to figure out how to get them funded. But on the fee front, uh, this is where we look at their current holdings. And I'd say to me, the biggest culprit here is is people that are invested in mutual funds for one way or another, one reason or another, when you have uh, comparable investments almost certainly in the uh, exchange traded fund or ETF space that can be a tenth of the cost. Uh, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of these mutual funds, uh, they end up in portfolios because of, uh, I mean, it's, it's more of the suitability standard as a, in contrast to the fiduciary standard, um, but it'll pay some form of a commission or something, or perhaps they have to fill a certain quota to meet their boss's expectations. And they end up using um, less optimal funds. Um, and again, it's most commonly in that mutual fund space when they can have lower cost elsewhere. And speaking of mutual funds, the, the vendetta that I have is against the C-share mutual funds, Brad. This really bothers me. This is where you make it clear that the investor that you don't want any upfront fees, no back-end fees. So the advisor says, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And then without even telling you, they attach a 12B1 fee that in that just doubled your fees from 1% to 2%. I don't like those. And so I just hope that any listeners, if they want to check their statement, they can see if they're I shares or A shares. If their C is in Charlie, C share mutual funds, then they should have a conversation with their advisor on why they were put in and, and had their fees doubled. So we want to make sure we're doing a community service by drawing attention to that. Brad, one more thing on the subject of, of fees. And I, I guess this is, really isn't fees. It might be rate of return, but it just falls in the line of deception. Um, and that is, there, I'll never forget this, Brad. A guy said, well, I'm not interested in anything you guys have. I want to I'm going to go with this guy who tells me that I can get 7% per year guaranteed and then I can get 4% for life. And I'll never forget this. And I told the guy, I said, and he was sitting there at one of our seminars surrounded by other people. And I just smiled and I said, let me give you the math. I've got the numbers in my head. Let's say you invest 200,000 uh, in this in this investment. So you're 65 years old from 65 to 75. You do, you get that guaranteed 7% and your 200,000 becomes 400,000. And then uh, you get your 4%. So 4% of 400,000 is 1600 a year. And you get that. How long does it take for 16,000 a year to recover your original investment and it's 12 and a half years. Now remember you're 75 years old, so you have to be 87 and a half years old before you collect your original investment back. And by the way, if you live till age 90, your return on investment since inception, age 65 is less than 2%. You could do better in a bank, which is a sad, uh, 
sad commentary on the rate of return uh, on this investment. So we want to warn people that um, not to get sucked into that description uh, that sounds really good. I mean, Brad, it does. How would you like to get a guaranteed 7% for 10 years and then 4% for life? It sounds really good, but when you break it down, as we as fiduciaries to our clients do, we're math-based, we break it down. And when the guy just, he just was staring at his feet at, uh, when I finished uh, because it's not a good investment. Brad, costs, um, all of these, I just want to end. Anything else, Brad? These are the key components of a retirement plan. Number one, to have a plan. Number two, not a pie chart. Number two is tax minimization in every way possible. And we spent, some, uh, we spent a lot of time on those different strategies to minimize taxes. Number three is risk reduction. Um, it, and when we talk about risk reduction, you can take a 40 or 50% hit during your accumulation years in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s because your income is coming from your work. In your 401k, you've got time to, to let it recover after four or five years. But when you're drawing income from a portfolio that just took a 40 or 50% hit and you draw income during the years it's taken to recover, that is, that is fatal. That, that will send you back to work in most cases. So risk reduction is important. Um, portfolio optimization, making sure that you're getting the best returns for each part of your portfolio, uh, income optimizations, number five, and number six is fee minimization. We want to make sure that all six key parts are there. Brad, you're a CFP. Anything that we're missing on that recipe? No, I actually have just, just one thing, and it's just being really tuned uh, to what, what stage of your financial life are you at? Because what we just talked about, there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, that sounds great, but no, what we're really drawing a line between is is uh, when someone gets to a point where you have reasonably accumulated the majority of what you're going to build up in your lifetime, and you're starting to think about how can I make sure that this carries me through the next two to three to four decades, or or do I have enough saved up to get through that time frame? That's when these six key aspects of a successful retirement portfolio is going to uh, really carry a lot of weight and get you through tough markets like last year. Um, but it's not for everyone. You know, there's a lot of people that are still in accumulation mode and they should be using you know, the advice of someone who specializes in that area of their financial advisory goals. Um, for us, we're focused on people that do need to graduate from that accumulation stage where primary value out of an advisor is where to add your next dollar. Um, and you know, it's, it's not until someone gets to that stage where they're thinking about how to use their assets that these six key things are really going to pay off over the long run. So again, if you would like to chat with the team at Decker Retirement, they, they walked through the six key parts of a retirement plan. Obviously, it starts with actually having a plan, but you're like, well, I don't have all of that. Well, maybe, as Brad said, maybe you're still you know working in the accumulation phase. You're not close to that point yet. But maybe you're five to 10 years out. What a great time to start talking with a retirement planning firm like Decker Retirement. And maybe you're two or three years out. Well, do you have enough? Do you know if your money's going to last? Great opportunity to chat with the team at Decker Retirement. 833-707-3030 again is the number. No cost, no pressure, no obligation. Uh, Brian, Brad, and the team are here to help if they can. They don't know if they can help you, though, till you reach out. 833 707 
303-873-7030. And again, you can always find out more about Brian and Brad and the team just by going to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Brad, thanks for joining and helping Brian today on the program. Brian, uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. We'll do it again next week. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. That accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.